to the next podcast. Who's next? Who's next? That was beautiful. In this podcast. We can go ahead and get started, Mr. Kevin. This is Who's Next Podcast, Mr. Kevin. Kevin, did you know what podcast this is? This is Who's Next. (sighs) All right. Let me go ahead and get into it. We're getting back to normal. This is Who's Next Podcast. I got with me Mr. Kevin, of course, and myself. And um, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, You know how we normally do. We're going to start with a couple of news topics we want to talk about, something that caught our attention. Uh, The biggest thing, I think, is definitely going to be Elden Ring. Uh, I have a a few other things to bring up as well. But um, we could go ahead and jump into the meat of it. Let's get into some Elden Ring talk. And then uh, after that, we'll talk a topic, which is gaming addiction, and then some of the stuff we've been playing. Sound good to you, sir? Sounds good to me. Good, sir. What you been hearing on Elden Ring, man? How you been liking what you've been seeing? Well, I've been loving what I've been seeing. Elden Ring, uh, it's it looks amazing. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Because um, I've been watching a lot of the uh the souls community like i'm deep into like all of the souls youtubers and like the streamers and stuff and i didn't get a network test key sadly even though i didn't applied for one from what i've been hearing the way bandai uh namco handed out the keys was pretty shitty like they had a really shitty way of handing out the keys and uh, a lot of people didn't even get rejection letters which i didn't i didn't even get a rejection letter or email or anything i just had to assume I just didn't get one because I didn't get a key or anything. And then some people got rejection emails and then, you know, some people got their keys. But the the network test itself looked great. I've been watching a lot of PvP because that's probably what I'm probably want to do most of, just like I do with every Souls game. Yeah, I saw some PvP uh, stuff too. Yeah, that's probably what's going to be the most interesting to me. Um, I don't really... The only real bosses that I saw that were interesting was the one, the, what's it, was it Murgit? I think the last, the boss, that's like the actual, like, real boss of, like, the, the network test. It's like the first real boss that you find. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, a lot of mini bosses and stuff. Uh, I guess the dragon. You you end up fighting, like, the dragon. And t- that was in the network test, too, that they showed yeah. in the trailer. That was in the network test. Speaking of the so dragon, I guess maybe- <clears throat> speaking of dragon, did you see the Kotaku article I sent about, um, Apparently, you can kill the dragon with fall damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's not surprising <laughs> to me at all because there's always st- there's always stuff like that in Froms games, just weird yeah. things. Yeah, some bug uh, where you can kind of trick the AI to like jump down from a height or something of the dragon. So instead of like flying, if you look at yeah, no, if you look ahead. at the video, it's not even that high. Like. The the way he the the dragon's so big and the cliff he falls off of is like up to the dragon's knee and it's like fucking the dragon dies when he steps off of it and it's just hilarious because the only thing I can think of is 
the game just doesn't know what to do, I guess, or yeah. it just it ends up taking like this fall damage because uh, fall damage might be based on weight in the game. Like the heavier armor you wear, the more fall damage you take. Because it was like that in Dark Souls too. Uh, fall damage was is based on weight. So if you take like off all, all your armor, you take less fall damage. So I don't know. It's, it's just it's it was weird. It was funny. It's probably going to end up getting patched. If was this it... was like the the uh, release of the game, like the yeah. final release, mm -hmm. I would say maybe not, because yeah. From usually doesn't do any like big patches after they release a game, like unless something's game breaking. Mm -hmm. But usually they just do balance patches. It's usually what they do, and they try to patch out like cheaters and shit, like people cheating online and stuff like that. Like I said, it's got to be stuff that's usually game-breaking. Mm. But like little funny shit like that, they usually won't patch. But since this is the beta, I think it might get patched. I don't know. I think there's a good chance. Because we still got two months before release. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we still got some time before release. Um, I don't... I wonder um, if you think that... Uh, oh, no, that's... I'm sorry. What I wanted to ask is you said that the fall damage was based off of weight. Right. Has that been the same yeah. way with the other Souls games? Uh, I know it's like that in Dark Souls 2. I don't think it's like that in 3. Mm. And honestly, I'm not, I think it might be like that in 1. I don't think so. In 1, you take fall damage. Just little, like a little step. I mean, I'm playing a Soul level 1 with like no armor. And I take a decent amount of damage from falls all the time. I, yeah. I don't, I don't. And I've done it with some armor on and no armor. And I I can't say that I've seen a difference in, in damage based on weight. I mean, there could be. I'm, I, I, I would say one and three do not. It would make sense that two did it something different because it was just something different. Two is just something different outside of one and three, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only thing one that I can really think of that I'm sure it was M was in two because two is is like you said, it's just a different type of game. Three I know doesn't have it. It doesn't have it. Does fall damage isn't really based on weight. Um, one, I'm trying to think of it. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of in um, Firelink Shrine in one where you have to jump up to get to the the bird's nest. Yeah. You know, you take the elevator up and you you walk off and you got to walk along the ledge and you got to jump to that little um i don't know what you want you that little pillar and you can walk up to get to the yeah. crow's nest yeah I know what you're talking yeah about. yeah yeah well in the remaster that's people i've heard people saying that it's harder to do at 60 frames a second it's in the remaster because of the way the frame the frame rate interferes with like your jumping and shit because that that jump because i got the uh you don't you know you don't have to jump it right you can roll off of it onto that pillar yeah okay yeah that's what it, yeah i don't know what it is about like the rolling and the jumping but i've seen people say that it makes it harder to do in in the remaster compared to the... i can't compare it because i don't think i've ever played the original dark souls i've always don't only played the remastered version so anything like that will be something i can't compare all i know is I, it's not that hard I've never had an issue yeah. with, with that. So, hmm. I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah. But... I don't I haven't I haven't played the remaster either. I only have the prepare to die edition. I have the original and because of the like the mods that they have for the original, I felt like I didn't really need to get the remaster because there are there are graphic mods and like frame rate mods and stuff for the original. 
So I'd never really had an interest in a remaster, but I've seen people play the remaster a lot. Yeah. And, and I've seen people that are usually pretty good at souls. They end up like consistently missing that jump and they just fall and they take like a, a lot of fucking damage. Yeah. I mean, you could take a lot of damage there. Um, but I, again, I don't think, I don't think that there's anything that difficult with it. So it's, I mean, I haven't played the original, so it'd be interesting to see how it is in the remaster, but, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But that's probably what I was, th- yeah. that's probably what I was thinking of with the fall damage. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's in. Yeah, you're right. It's not, it's no, there's no, it's not based on weight and what. Yeah. I, I didn't I, think so. Mm-mm. And I'm just guessing yeah. that maybe an Elden Ring is going to be based on weight. Cause I'm trying to figure out like what, Maybe, is, but um, I saw I saw a shout out to Wasteland, uh, who I think he just went through changing his name. He's now Wasteland. Um, so you can go check him out on Twitch. Uh, the th- E is a three for Wasteland, and you'll see little Viking buddy with axes is his little logo. So um, I seen him jump or like fall from pretty high distances. And not die, like not even take damage. It was crazy. But then there's like certain levels of it where he did. So I yeah. don't know. It seemed weird how the fall damage is going to work in this. I'm not. I'm not certain. Well, the fall. Yeah, I think from in order to accommodate for the the verticality in the game, and like now you can jump and like climb up high and everything. And they want you. They want you to explore, right? They want you to explore vertically, not be afraid of falling and dying. So they they they. They've become pretty lenient with the fall damage because uh, if I'm, I haven't played Sekiro, but from what I've heard, the fall damage in Sekiro is pretty lenient as well, right? Yeah, I, I would say, I, honestly, I don't even know if there is fall damage in Sekiro. Is there? I'm not sure because, like I said, I. Uh, oh, you haven't really played it. I haven't played. It. I want to yeah, say I haven't you played can it. fall from pretty high stances and and not have. There might be, but I know it's pretty... If there is, it's very lenient. It's not really a thing. I want to say, though, there is no fall damage. Well, you see, that's kind of how lenient it is, then, probably. Either there is no fall damage, or it's just that lenient that you haven't run into it. Yeah, some of this, I think it's kind of necessary because of how big they made the world. I think they got to, like... Like, a couple things I noticed, too, is, like, so the fall damage thing is one. Another thing too is when you die, there's checkpoints now on top of the fire, the, the little bonfires, which are not bonfires right. now. They're grace. They're like little points of grace or some yeah. shit like that. So there's more places to respond from. And then like when you die, you can choose, oh, do you want to respond from this thing or that thing? So, um, right. yeah, they, they seem to have, um, done that in an attempt to you know make it a little easier because it's not as streamlined as the games normally are so um right that's... i mean if they, if they if they kept the fall damage as strict as they did in past games it, players would be apprehensive to go like climbing and exploring right because yeah. if you fall and you take a lot of damage like it would be it would basically be punishing you for doing it yeah yeah i could see that you know, but I mean, um, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild did that though. Fall damage was pretty uh, substantial in that game. You know, I th- right? Fall th- See, that's the thing about Breath of the Wild that. Uh, but Breath the parachute the Wild... really helped alleviate that though. So you could yes. fall and had something to help. You know, from you know, 
just straight fall. Even if you accidentally fall on a high enough like platform, you can just pop the parachute and you're fine. So it kind of mitigated that, but you but you did have some pretty substantial fall damage out of uh, falling in that. Yeah. See, that's the thing about Breath of the Wild is I think fall damage in that game is based off of momentum, right? So the higher you climb up, the longer you have the fall. So you have a chance of gaining more momentum because I've seen people where they'll get hit by like a big monster or something and then they'll go rolling down a hill. But because they'll take like a lot of damage because they're rolling down so fast. So I think fall damage might be based more on momentum, mm. which I guess is, it makes sense because it's kind of like at a certain point, if you fall, it's almost like simulating terminal velocity, right? Because like if you fall, you end up taking enough damage to kill yourself because you're because you're falling too fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the parachute sense. slows you down. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. interesting. Um. What else did we get into what we've seen with Elden Ring? Um, I mean, the boss battles look okay. Like you said, it wasn't really... I saw the the weird cat boss battle. That mm-hmm. one looks... It's a weird... That movement pattern that cat has is pretty, like, robotic, I'd say. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a cat statue, which is... It's like some kind of, like, robotic statue or something like that. It's like you mm-hmm. said, it was pretty strange. But a lot of the bosses that they had, you know, like the little mini uh, caves and like caverns and stuff, they're basically chalice dungeons is what they look like to me. They look like yeah. they're like they're a, a lot of chalice people, dungeons. I heard a lot of people compare it to chalice dungeons from Bloodborne. So, yeah, you know. they they're um, the bosses in them didn't really seem to be like that challenging like i've seen people die to them like a few times but that like it's not like you die to them like once or twice it and usually yeah um you can beat it right and like the reason i've seen a lot of people die to them is just because they're kind of you know they're just kind of experimenting and trying to like try out different things and, and they end up dying yeah so they're not they're not really that difficult um so that's what i'm saying it's like the a lot of the many bosses don't really seem that difficult but then like some of them it seems like um i don't know i forget what they were called like the uh, the stone guy on the horse i forget what yeah. those are called they're like boss encounters you can have like out in the wild that guy i seen wreck tons of people yeah like, i saw happy hop like, get wrecked by him for a while he was getting wrecked i was like shit <laughs> people were antagonizing yeah. him on stream like it was saying like this is the guy who does no hit runs in dark souls <laughs> He was like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) This shit was getting wrecked. Yeah. And then I saw, uh, was it Max Maximilian? Yeah, Maximilian dude. Yeah, Yeah, Maximilian dude. I saw him doing the other guy with the sword. Um, I think one of the main, like, storyline bosses, I guess you can say. And he was getting fucked up by him a good bit. If If it's the boss in front of the castle... I think that's like the first mainline story boss. It's Murgit. Yeah, or, or yeah I want to say that was who it was. Yeah, I seen yeah, him by him a good bit. Like there was some difficulty there, and I saw. I think I saw Wasteland as well getting fucked up by him too. But Wasteland didn't really level up at all because his viewpoint was why waste time doing that. He was he's only got a limited amount of time he can play the game. And it's not like he can save this character over when the real game drops. So, you know, 
he he was just yeah. kind of doing more of an exploration thing. So when he went up against that boss and gave it a few tries, like his damage output was shit because he didn't really level anything up. So uh, yeah. he had a rough time with that boss, and I, I don't think he ever beat it. He just he was just trying to really explore and get a feel of everything with the game. So I mean, which is cool. I, I get it, you know. Um, right. Yeah, the boss right, looked yeah, interesting. I, I didn't see any any fist weapons yet, though. I assume they may not have put them in on the test run, but I'm wondering how hard I'm going to have to look to find a fist weapon. So I yeah. did see that one claw spell. But that was a spell. People That's tell me that in the trailer stuff, they saw claws used. So I, I don't know how early game. Because, like, I know, like, in Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1, the Cestus is pretty much, you can get that fairly early game. You can buy that from the blacksmith and uh, the main one in the, um, shit, what's it called? You know what I'm talking about. The main bag, the first one that you find, the blacksmith. I forget what the place is. Dundead Parish. There it is. Yeah, Dundead Parish. Yeah. <clears throat> you can buy it from him, and you can do that fairly early on. Um, In Dark Souls 3, I don't think you come across it till f- into like the first area. You can find, I think, a pair of them laying down. I think it's in the sewer. Is that right? No, it's somewhere around there, yeah. though. No, it's you're right. It's it's in it's in uh, undead settlement in the sewer with the rats. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you can find it there, and you can get your fist weapons there, which is still fairly early on as well. But it, it's a little. You do have to at least kill a boss or two. Um, well, you have you get yeah. There. You have to uh, kill Vort. You have to kill one boss in order to get to undead settlement. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to kill Vort in Lawford Castle. Well, you got to kill there, the so. first boss too. What's his name? Um, the very first one that you... When oh, you, yeah, uh, Index, Index, Gundy. Yeah, 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 Index, Gundy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's at least two of them that you got to go through before you can actually get the fist weapon. So uh, I'm curious how long it's going to take for that. That's my weapon of choice is the fist weapons. But I also use daggers too, so that's cool. I'll use either one. I like to get up close. So um, I'm curious how long it's going to take for that. But I almost wonder if using fist weapons is really going to be a problem in this game with all the horse battling that it looks like happens. I might have to try and, you know, get accustomed to using swords and stuff like that to um, capitalize on whatever might come my way with that horse. I don't know how necessary that thing's going to be. You know what I'm saying? As yeah. far as like in fights, right? Yeah. I think the horse is uh, designed to be. Um, I think certain boss battles are designed around the horse. That the dragon is supposed to be like this boss battle that's specifically designed around the horse. Yeah. No oh, shit. You're cutting up real bad again. Hello? Oh, shit. There you go. All oh. right. You're clear now. Okay. If it, it keeps doing it, I might have to reset my router. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you're coming in good, but I mean, I can make out what you're saying, but it was coming in real choppy. But you cleared up now. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know because like I know you can't ride around that horse and just throw your fist out. That's not gonna work. <laughs> no. Yeah, so. you can't just like uh, ride up on your horse and just fucking uppercut someone from your fucking horse. Which, yeah. if you could, I think that would be pretty fucking cool. That'd be hilarious. But it would be kind of it would be kind of awkward. That, yeah. that animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would. I, I would agree. 
So I uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the horse the inclusion and, and how that's gonna operate, especially with certain boss fights. Depending on how big these bosses are, they might demand like, Oh, you need to actually travel around this boss with the horse, you know? So Yeah. That, I think this game is going I think this game is going to reward people who do like kind of mixed play styles. Especially with the way magic seems to be so damn good. And Miracle seem to be so good in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, some people think, speculate, though, that this could be game-breaking at the moment. So I wonder what kind of balancing they're going to do to that magic down the road. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that because of the network tests, spells and miracles and stuff have been really powerful. But I imagine they're going to take a lot of this data that they got from the network test and they're probably going to balance a lot of things. I yeah, would say, I, so. I would, I mean, I'd say that's probably like a good reason that they did this network test, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can start tweaking stuff. Cause I would imagine the game's probably finished and they're yeah, just the doing game, the bells and whistles, like just the touch ups. Yeah. They're just crossing their T's and dotting their I's at this point. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, cause, um, from what I've seen for the PVP, the PVP looks like it's going to be very difficult. Because first off, you can't invade solo players anymore. If you're if you're somebody who doesn't like getting invaded because you don't um you don't like summoning for like the the, the co-op the game, you live on like your first run solo and and all that. Well, you don't have to worry about invaders because you can't get invaded now, right? Unless you use um a specific guide to open yourself up to invasions, right? So uh, for anybody who likes doing invasions like me, at the very least, I'm going to be doing 2v1s at the most. Probably 2v1s, 3v1s. And people are going to be throwing spells and miracles and shit around everywhere. And it looks like it's going to be pretty easy to get fucking overbite and like pressured to death. So I'm interested to see how they're going to end up balancing it. Yeah. Or what they're going to do. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be... That's going to be interesting. I saw so one of the streamers I saw that was playing was jumping in and having to fight two and three people at a time quite a few times. It wasn't as much as they fight one. And that's with this network test with a limited amount of people playing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can see where the games, this game looks like it's going to be built more for a multiplayer play. You know, not that it's not going to have its, you know, solo. It's definitely going to be for solo players, too. But, I mean, with the open-worldness of it, I think it's going to be more accommodating to have parties. You know, unlike, let's say, like a Demon Souls, right? That's very linear. And, yeah. like, even having a second person on is not necessarily as ideal. Um, multiple people playing on, like, Dark Souls 3, for instance, is is a much better time. There's more enemies to kind of dig through and stuff like that, where Demon Souls, I would say, is fairly more bare-bones-ish. It, it's more about the kind of tricks up its sleeve that Demon Souls has through the levels. And, I mean, all Dark Souls yeah. games have that, but Demon Souls, I think, relies on that a bit more. Because on a typical playthrough, Demon Souls is a fairly simplistic game after you beat it for the first time. You know, like, it's really not... The bosses are actually very easy. You know, the only one that's really problematic, I'd say, is maybe the Maneater, uh, Flame Lurker, and uh, the last boss. Um, I'm missing his name right now. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on it, too. Yeah, but... um. 
I would say those three are uh, a lot. King a lot. There you go. The fake king. Yeah, that's it. False king a yeah. lot. So um, those are the three bosses I would say are actually the most challenging. All the other ones are fairly simple. You know, Tower Knight is very easy. Um, even the Penetrator is really not that bad. I mean, he's got a very telegraph like move set that you can easily dodge and attack with. Um, I would say the first little blob, the Phalanx, he's easy as shit. You can just throw firebombs at him and he's done. Um, yeah. the, the, the flying stingray boss and the blind swordsman, both of those are really easy fights. Um, yeah, you can go down a list. They're all like not really rough fights. It's more about the levels that are the rougher part of it, but it's more built for single player. Like look look at the first level of World 3 in the jail cells and stuff like that. Having a second player in that is kind of cramped. They're very linear hallways, very small one-shot hallways into cells. There's not really open space for you to have multiple players fighting enemies and stuff like that, like in Demon Souls, right? So this game is going to capitalize on like an open world where you can have a buddy just wander somewhere else. You can wander. Y'all can go together, whatever. And there's enemies all over. So there's enough stuff for y'all to kind of keep busy doing and shit like that. That makes it more... Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any fog walls blocking each other. Like, say like you uh, in in the other Souls games normally... (laughs) Um, if you wanted to like go from one area to another, you would have to like summon your buddy in that area. And then once you beat the boss of that area, you would have to go to like his game and beat the boss. And then you guys would have to go to the, like use the bonfire to go to the next area. And Interesting. Do the same thing. I didn't notice that, but that's a good point with the open world nature. You're right. Like it would be really weird to have parts of the world sectioned off from players. Um, in, in that kind of fashion. So, yeah, like, you will just be able to have it in open world. I would imagine the dungeons might operate in that way, though. Where once you complete a dungeon, I wonder, like, oh, you can't bring in somebody to go run through that dungeon again, let's say. Right? I don't know. I don't know if it is. Because from mm. what I've been seeing, that you guys can just kind of run and go. And just Once you summon somebody in... You can guys just kind of explore seamlessly going from area to area, right? So, like, if you beat a dungeon together, if it forces that player out, then you'd have to summon them back. It would kind of interrupt the experience. So, I don't know if they would, if they designed it that way. Did, uh, did you see anybody play, multi, like, with a companion in, in the streams you've watched? I know you said you mostly watch PvP, so I guess maybe not, because I didn't. I know Wasteland is the one I watched the most, and um, he didn't. Um, he didn't play with anybody. He was having trouble trying to get somebody because he thought maybe the, I know at one point he thought in his stream that the multiplayer was maybe disabled because it was for the network test, but that's not true because I saw other people doing it. Um, yeah. I, I saw invaders invade people with multiple players on. So, I mean, yeah. um, I know that was a viable option during the test. I just, I, I that is a question I still have is like what what will be the boundaries of multiplayer play because there've always been boundaries set Bloodborne, Dark Souls, all that have always had like certain like limitations of where you can have a buddy join in at. Once you beat the boss in this area, like this section of the game is like done. Like you can't yeah. getting anybody back on again. So this will be the first Souls 
game to allow you to have. So that'll be new. That'll be something interesting. Yeah, that's going to be completely new. It's going to be the first Souls game that allow you to have a seamless co-op experience mm. from what it's looking like, right? It's like the, you don't have to have breaks in your co-op experience. At least that's what I'm hoping. Once you beat the boss of an area, it doesn't send your buddy out. And then you have to go like somebody else and get him back. Because yeah. I think that would kind of defeat the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. It wouldn't make sense to go through a dungeon and then they send them out just to call them back in in the world. Yeah, if you're gonna do it like that in the open world, you might as well let it be done in the dungeons and stuff too. Just you know, let let him have his buddy wherever. I mean, honestly, with some of the the things open for players to use, this looks like probably gonna be the easiest Souls game to play, potentially. You know, I wouldn't say the easiest in a solo playthrough per se, but you definitely have more options available to you to make the game easier to get through. Whether it be easier access to co-op play, uh, the summoning spirits that you can yeah. call in and like help you deal with bosses and enemies and such. Although some some boss encounters actually lock out the the summons. From what I've heard, so the spirits, yeah, you can't summon the spirits in all bosses. You need to. There's from uh, a totem. I'm gonna call it. It's like a statue. It's like a totem that is in the area that you can use. Uh, that tells you, oh, you can use spirits here, right? Mm. So not all bosses are gonna have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, that's true. But yeah, I agree that this is probably, uh, in some fashion, gonna be the easiest Souls game. But in that there are more ways to approach bosses, but I don't think it's like the bosses are going to actually end up being any, uh, I don't know what would be the, like any easier, any simpler than like, I would Souls agree. Games. I would agree. A lot of them feel kind of more like dark souls three ish. And in, in some of their like fight patterns, designs and stuff. I've also heard like bloodborne. Some people have seen movesets yeah. ripped from bloodborne and some of these enemies or bosses and whatnot. So, uh, and I would say probably Bloodborne. I would say Bloodborne probably has the hardest bosses out of all the Souls games. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would say so. Because uh, a few specific bosses, I could say, like in, in Bloodborne, like Orphan Akaz, Ludwig, Lady Maria. Uh, I know those are all DLC bosses, but those bosses are genuinely, genuinely the, like, the hardest bosses in like fucking Souls, I would say. Because they're so fucking hard to do uh, especially by yourself um so yeah i would say bloodborne definitely has like the hardest bosses out of the game you can just die so quickly to them other than maybe sekiro i don't know i mean sekiro is probably if we're going to consider that with the souls born games which is kind of a weird one because it's so different from those it's hard to really lump in there but sekiro probably has the hardest bosses Maybe of all. I haven't played the DLC of um, Bloodborne, so that's actually going to be my next thing. Once I'm finished my soul level one run of uh, Dark Souls, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna jump into Bloodborne once I'm done that in God of War. I want to finish those two up, and then I'll probably jump into Bloodborne. Oh yeah, Just play the DLC. The DLC for Bloodborne is fantastic. You need to, you need to, you need to get to, get on that. Yeah, that's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. So, um. But no, that's good. 
anything else you want to bring up on Elden Ring before we move on to some other little topics? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we chopped it up pretty good. Okay. Well, I think the only other thing I really had, I thought I had one more thing, but I guess not. Because uh, it's escaping me right now. Uh, let's see. I think I have it saved. Boom, 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 boom. I had two of them. All right. Uh, Phil Spencer, Xbox Game Pass is very, very sustainable. Not burning cash. Oh, so, yes. Definitely. That's the, you know, you say that and you bring that up. You bring up another thing that I thought uh, Phil Spencer recently said uh, about the backwards compatibility, compatibility program. Uh, they added like 70 plus new games to their backwards compatibility program, compa- compatibility program, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was pretty good. Like that's, that, that's pretty, pretty good. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to think of the article. I might have to look it up. Well, this one's from IGN. It was they were talking to Phil Spencer, and they uh, they mentioned something about you know a lot of people feel like the Game Pass is such a good deal that uh, Microsoft is just burning cash. Like this is a loss leader to help them gain ground in the basically console wars type deal. I mean, kinda. I mean, part of their Game Pass is also subscribed to by PC gamers, so there's a mix of PC and Xbox. Um, we did get an actual number here, though. Uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella confirmed that Game Pass now has 18 million subscribers. Yeah, not surprising. Game Pass is just a really good deal. So 18 million times 10 is $180 million a month. If they're charging most of their people about $10 per subscription, 18 million subscribers, $180 million a month. Uh, approximate, right? Because like... Uh, there Game are Pass deals had, like, dollar a month for this and that. So, and I said 10, but actually it's a $15 a month charge now because they tied it to Xbox Live. So yeah, if you have Xbox, if you have Xbox, uh, Xbox Live. Yes. If not, yeah. I think it's still just supposed to be about ten bucks at the regular price. I mean, it, I can't accommodate for how many people got deals, specials, six months for this price, whatever. And that's, yeah, like I, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like that's definitely a fluctuating number, but still in all, you know, one hundred seventy, hundred eighty million dollars a month. That's pretty substantial. If you yeah, have 18 million subscribers paying that much money a month, that's um, times 12 is like, it says like 2.16, like uh, <laughs> it's giving me E9. Um, if you times it by another, let's say 10, all right? Uh, no, E9 is, is nine zeros behind that number. Yeah, so that's you got nine eight, is. Yeah, so... Um, you're you're about almost a billion dollars a year with Game Pass, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I mean, there's a reason that freaking Nintendo and PlayStation they're trying to copy the, the the Game Pass model. It's it fucking works. It's great. Yeah. So I mean, like, that's pretty substantial. So like, even though they're like, man, they're putting their new games on there. Yeah, 
And people are paying $10 a month and you got 18 million subscribers. So that's pretty fucking good. And it's only growing now. It's pretty good. I, I do wonder what the cost is, though. So I don't know. It's like if you have, let's see. I can't imagine the cost is. How uh, much How much money do you think they sell? If, if, if they sell a new game, let's say the games retail for about, let's say they used to at least 60 bucks, right? But, yeah. I mean, they're probably only getting, I would say, maybe like 20 bucks of the software, right? As far as whatever goes to cost for stuff. Um, if a game sells 5 million copies, which is pretty good, all right? 5 million copies, let's say times, let's just say 30 bucks, right? That's $150 million. Okay. Now that's yeah. that's basically lifetime of the game. Just to put it in perspective, right? Right. You don't sell five million copies a month. You sell it throughout its time. Some games are are do more. They're like, but the the high numbers, like high level games, ones Most, that yeah. really rack it in, are anywhere between five and ten million copies sold is like a huge success. Okay. Yeah, most games they hit that five million number. They consider that like a success. It depends on like the game and how big they think the IP is yeah. and how much work they put into the game because yeah. like all of that matters for them to determine the success of a game. But yeah. usually, most AAA games they want them to hit probably around that number, five million. Right? Yes. So only you... like the biggest names will yeah. they hit over that. Like uh, I think, um, what was it? The, I'm trying to think of the one. The like the let. I think like GTA. I think it was GTA. GTA has sold like 25 million copies or some shit like that of GTA 5 mm -hmm. when it launched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a good point to make. And like, so that's only, most games, that's their lifetime. Now, now there's some games that might get upwards even closer to 20 million copies sold or more, right? But those are rare. Those are very rare. You know, there's maybe like you said, your GTAs and stuff like that, and that's over the lifetime. Yeah, they're like the biggest, the biggest games. That's over the lifetime, right? So, 150 million dollars generated is a good, good, solid like return on the investment. Game Pass is making more than that a month, potentially. Potentially, yes. between the wheeling and dealing and whatever other things, whatever their real numbers are, with 18 million subscribers, they're potentially making. They're basically almost selling five million copies of a game every month, <laughs> right? Just, just about. Just about. See, that's the, if you that's really the... think about it, and a lot of the games on there are very cheap stuff, right? Only a few they've got their heavy hitting like AAA titles, and guess what? Some people are still buying the copies of those. So not only are they getting the copies of those sold, which is relatively smaller, but you get those copies sold on top of everybody paying you know, 10 or so dollars a month for Game Pass, which is inadvertently paying for the games that Xbox is bringing to their, uh, to their thing, to their subscription model. So yeah, it's, this you, is, this you have, is, uh, you have the new releases coming out on, uh, on Game Pass, right? But they don't stay there for, not all of them, stay there forever. They go away. So they give you the option to buy it on the, on the Xbox store. So it's like, it well, naturally leads the Microsoft, the Microsoft branded games stay on there forever. Yeah. So yeah, like that's what I was saying. anything that's in house, 
Most yeah. new games don't really go to Xbox if it's not in-house, but there are a few. Like I, I want to say one, for instance, was uh, Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage 4. When that dropped, I want to say I went to Xbox Game Pass, um, basically on release, but I don't think it stayed there, like you said, because it yeah. wasn't an in-house, that wasn't like a Microsoft-published uh, deal. So it didn't right. stay, it's but a, Gears, like Gears Five, is still on there. It's always been on there. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the the new games um, that aren't published by them, like games that are published by them, they stay there forever. Like studios they own, like all of the Bethesda games that they got Bethesda, they're they're on there and they're on there to stay, which is another huge value added to Game Pass. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. The point I was just trying to make is that the fact that they put the games on there for a little bit of time. Mm. And they pay. They probably pay for that licensing fee, right? Because they got to make yeah. that up to. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I got to pause. All right. Sorry about that pause. It was a little while. Apparently, I, unbeknownst to me, someone was coming over to take measurements of my house from the Ida storm. So, yep. After all this time, still haven't got everything fixed yet. It's taken a while, but <laughs> looks like progress will be made. So, my apologies. Yeah. I know we was in the middle of talking about Xbox Game Pass. We were talking about the $10 and how much money it's generating per month. So, um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure where we left off at, but um, suffice to say, I think that uh, the, the reason why I wanted to bring that up, I think it's just that it's much more, I would say, it's much more of a revenue generator than what I expected, um, which, oh, yeah, which is good. great value. Yes. Uh, I think that was the kind of the point I was leaving off on when we... Um, when you when we took a little break there because uh i was just going to make the point that um not only is it a great value for xbox but it's a great value for us because i mean if you look at all the just just the first party games that microsoft puts on there if you're a fan of those games games like forza um like back for blood is going to be on there halo infinite is releasing on there i mean that alone right there is like 180 dollars of games right that you would buy if those were the only games you're going to buy in that year you spend twelve dollars, uh, $10 a month on Game Pass, you have all those games. That's only $120 yep. a year. It's a great value for us. And if you think about it, it's, it's almost like, it's funny, it's almost like the collective is paying for it, right? Like, Yeah. So when you, when you think about it, if the game was to go for sale, there's only a handful of people in, in the ecosystem of Xbox in general, or even gamers in general, that would actually buy that game, right? But with everybody have Game Pass, basically everybody who has Game Pass is all putting in money to pay for that game. And at $10 a month with 18 million subscribers, boom, you have 5 million copies sold. <laughs> in a sense, yep. you know, if you look at it in those kind of like terms. So uh, I really hope that Sony capitalizes on something like this, especially with their classic games. It would be such a great value. They can actually blow Xbox out the water, in my opinion. If they were to actually start bringing in their PS1, PS2, PS3 games, making them downloadable and having them available on the PlayStation 5, that shit would be amazing. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it would, would. It would blow Xbox out the water. People, because there's more PlayStations out in the wild now than before. So if, if Sony adopted what Xbox did, Xbox would you have to start coming with the exclusive games you have to start coming with something more or sony would blow it out the water the fact that sony's not playing in that field i think just shows their short-sightedness 
which I'll give credit to Xbox here for kind of looking at the future and finding a way to manage that. It's pretty great. Xbox has always been a very forward-facing company when it comes to the industry. Like mm-hmm. Sony has Sony has always been the company that rises trends. Yeah, it's Nintendo, true. Yeah, so and Nintendo is a company that innovates, but they do seem stuck they, in the past. They play in their they, own it, box. Uh, Nintendo yeah. literally plays by themselves in the corner somewhere in a sandbox, and they do interesting stuff. You're making them sound like there's a weird kid that eats glue. It, they basically are now. <laughs> I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it is now. But like, yeah. it's the weird kid that eats glue, but everybody likes them. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on man yeah. you gotta put some respect on nintendo oh no i'm sorry man it's kind of what it is dude i mean when you look at their practices when you look at like the way that they treat streaming when you look at the way that they treat people trying to play their retro retro games and stuff like that when you look at all these facets of nintendo yeah they're the weird kid that's eating glue like you're doing some weird shit that i don't understand but we want to like you and there are some cool things that you do as well so it's a mixed bag with nintendo but I mean, he, he, he Nintendo's a weird kid kid that eats glue, and then one day he decides to fit fucking twenty crayons up his nose, and we're all just cheering him on. That's, that's <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, it's kind of Nintendo. That's kind of <laughs> it right there, for sure. Xbox, I would say for sure. I mean, even if you look at the Xbox One, they were innovating from there, like wanting to go online all the time, uh, wanting to make it a main like source of like everything you put you can flip the netflix the gaming like those concepts and stuff were some of them were ahead of their time especially the online only because now we're basically in that future now where like hell there's been some games that if you i was just watching uh matt mcmuscles and he was doing the uh what happened and he was talking about i think it was tony hawk's pro skater 5 and when that yeah. game came out, apparently if you played the game without doing any of the day one patches, all you would have available to you is like the training mission, like a training thing. The rest of the yeah. game came in a patch. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. I remember talk- we actually talked about that, I think, uh-huh. in one of the episodes. I, th- I think, I think, I think you, you're right. I think you brought it yeah, up. Yeah, it was one of our episodes where we were talking mm-hmm. about um, day one patches and like yes. on this DLC and stuff. Yes. And I brought it up because I remember thinking how ridiculous it was. Yeah, for sure. So it's just interesting to see like, you know, without the internet now, you wouldn't be able to play that game. And that's what the Xbox's angle was. They knew what was happening before it happened. They just people that weren't ready to accept it yet. You know, now I think if they would have went Xbox one, uh, series X or whatever, like if the Xbox series X or S, whatever it is, um, it would have went, okay. Online only now it's been like, yeah, okay. Now we get it. Yeah. I mean, basically their Xbox one S is online only. There's no disc drive in it. It's just an online system where you play things through Xbox game pass and stuff like that. Well, not just through Game Pass. I mean, you can buy games and stuff, but it's digital only. It's a cheaper, it's a really cheaper option. Didn't the, they sell one with a disc drive? Don't they? I don't think I with the they S. Did. I don't think with the Series S, the Series X, the main one does come with a disc drive. The one, let's okay. say, a refrigerator. I want to say the smaller one does not. It's digital only, and it's a lot cheaper. I think it's like three hundred, two fifty, or something, three hundred bucks, something like that. It's actually pretty cheap in comparison to what the other ones rolled out as. So, um, okay. yeah. Um, but 
you know, shout out to Xbox. I thought I'd bring that up with the whole Game Pass stuff because that's becoming bigger and bigger of a part of what Xbox has to offer and what Xbox is doing right. So yeah, shout out to it, Microsoft. It on definitely that. is. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, Sony's still owning the market as far as consoles. So I think Microsoft's still not even wanting to to put out numbers about what consoles they've sold because Sony's flaunting it. And um, but they're also running into shortages. I think they were set to try and uh-huh. do like twenty five million uh, systems. I think within like the last end of this year or in the beginning of next year, they were set to, to manufacture that, and they had to cut it back to like fifteen. I think because yeah. of everybody all the was everybody was uh, all up about Sony. I remember because it came out that um, I think the last quarter sales reports it came out for last month that Sony had passed uh, the Switch in sales for that month, which the mm. Switch has been leading for like the last year or two in sales yeah, of yeah. Uh, all the consoles, just because of how cheap it is and how many fucking great games are on, on the system, just because of Nintendo's fucking brand power. Yeah, and it's know? still kind of something that's more kid-friendly, uh, I would say. I, I'm yeah. not going to say it's exactly a kiddie system. There's definitely like, you know, good quality games. I'm not trying to belittle it in that way, but th- it is more attractive i think to children and stuff like that in the way that it's more portable and it's something that they could just have like my son always grabs the switch he plays switch all day nintendo all yeah. day in fact i saw him with the switch and he was playing super mario world so like he likes to play some of the other games too so i mean uh you know it's it's definitely something that i think kids grow more attached to not that they're not playing playstation unless they definitely are they definitely are but i think that there is something about the Switch that's just a little more friendlier for kids because, you know, maybe if they can't be in their rooms or they're out somewhere or something, like it's just that portable thing they can take. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a more family, they're a family-friendly brand than, you know. Uh, that too. The, Parents feel more yeah. comfortable buying them something like that than something maybe like PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying. Like Nintendo has potential, but they're not, they're, it feels like they're wasting so much of it. Right. Because the switch has the biggest install base of probably Xbox or Sony because they've been out, they've been outpacing them in sales. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but their, their online is just lacking for them to be able to do anything. Just their features like, in general are kind of like, I mean, look at this. Like a month or two ago, it was the uh, update came out and they're like, Oh, you can use Bluetooth now with the switch. Motherfucker, yeah. what? You telling me you had Bluetooth in this fucking system the whole time? And then like three years later, you're like, okay, here you go. Fuck you, man. <laughs> you should have been able to have Bluetooth from day one. What the fuck yeah, is that? Yeah, the Bluetooth has been in the Switch from day one because uh, uh, you use it for your controllers. The the Joy-Cons, the Pro Controller, mm-hmm. that all works on Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. But it's a specific Bluetooth protocol that they use. And they just now decided to open it up to, like, headsets and shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Nintendo, it feels like the Switch is a good piece of hardware that they're just kind of wasting the potential of it. Lay off the glue, Nintendo. Lay off the glue. Come back to reality and just... You can literally run the show here if you just put some effort into your fucking... um, what you call it? What I want to say? Just, just. I don't even know if I want to say it's effort. Uh, just to say the, just kind of get with the times. Yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean too. I think a part of it too is just effort. You know, put into your R and D. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just spend some I mean, time I, just developing the what you have here into a much better product. Like, 
Because, like, this is the shit, right? It's like, oh, and here's OLED screen, new Switch. OLED, OLED screen. Bitch, what? That shit, like, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, okay, if I need to get a new Switch, I would prefer to get the OLED screen, sure. But it's not something I want to get to up. Why? What are you doing? You 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 could have spent that time having something to easy to, to make this system be able to handle the newer third-party games that are going to start coming. Because, dude, when these newer third-party games start coming out for PS5 and Xbox, as I think the Switch might have trouble trying to port those things over. Oh, it's definitely going to have trouble. So, You're definitely gonna, yes. They're, they're, I don't think they're going to end up seeing a lot of the, like the PS5 and uh, Xbox third-party games. They're, I don't know if they're going to end up seeing a lot because um, they, they're they not going to be 4K. They're like at best, they'll probably be 1080. Um, it just depends on the developer, really, you know, how well they want, how much time they want to spend trying to optimize for the Switch's hardware. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they but, have a big install base, like you said, so they may want to. But at some point, it might, you know, it just might not be worth it in the in the long run, depending on, depending on what kind of game it is and what kind of user base it speaks to, right? Right. So, but with a stronger system, it would make it more easily available for developers to port over their Xbox PS5 game over yeah, to the Switch. Yeah, because if you're you're making a multi-platform game and you want to put it on the Switch and you're also developing the Xbox and PS5, you gotta you gotta develop for your lowest common denominator, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So either so you're gonna hurt, either the game's gonna look bad on PS5 and Xbox, but be able to sustain on the Switch, or it's gonna run like shit on the Switch, but work great for PS5 and Xbox. It's gonna be one of those things. Yeah. And that's so, what I was saying. And you much and I'll tell you this. If I was a developer, I would much rather my game run like shit on the Switch and look great on PS5 than Xbox than vice versa. Unless that's my what game... A lot of yeah. That's what a lot of developers do yeah. for these third-party games. I yep. mean... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like, no. like I said, Nintendo just needs to get with it. The times. Like, I get them wanting to play in their own freaking sandbox, like you said. And, but they need to... They've ignored the trends for too long, right? Yeah. Like, they... So, it's they, becoming a sore spot. It, it's it's, it. I think there's going to be a, a diminish to their returns, where at some point them not getting with the times is going to start driving people from the system. So, yeah. like Nintendo's always been about innovating and trying mm -hmm. to set the trends. Yeah. But at the same time, they need to try to like notice what everybody else is doing. Well, look at Switch. Look at that. look at Twitch. Twitch yeah. app just came to Switch just now. Great, but you can't stream from it. The only thing yeah. you could do is watch other streamers with your Switch. What are you yeah. talking about? Why? Uh, I don't know, bro. Like, people have phones. Everybody has phones. The only reason why you should put the Twitch app on the Switch is if it was to be able to stream from the Switch. The fact that you didn't do that, like, it's just a viewing thing. Maybe there's a handful of people out there who use their Switch to watch stuff. But I can't imagine much. Now with a switch, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't fucking get it. Like it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I don't know, but let's go ahead and get into the topic because I got a, I, I got held up longer than I wanted to by my unexpected uh, guest, and I have a dentist appointment. So, um, 
Actually, we might just push this topic of gaming edition over. Let's get to what we've been playing and stuff like that. The news went on for a while. We're at an hour. I'm sorry, listeners, for the... You know what? Uh, see, I just don't want to do the topic any real disjustice. So I feel like we'd be rushing it. And I'd much rather just get into some stuff we've been playing. We talked a lot of Elden Ring. Because um, I, I, I basically got 30 minutes left at most. So um, okay. let's go ahead and just get into what we've been playing. And look, listeners, if, you know, I'm going to try and put this up today after we're done recording because I need a gaming episode for this week. So listeners, if you're wanting to you feel short change from what we normally do, there is the best game of all time happening tomorrow when this should I'm drop this today. Today is Tuesday, November 16th, Wednesday, November 17th. At 6.30 p.m. Central Time, we are going to be streaming live and recording part two of the best game of all time. Part one is on this feed. You can see it if you just scroll down to a different episode. And that's something we did with Wasteland and uh, Nerds the Podcast. And, of course, me and Kev. So we are having another one done. So this one might be another shorter one, but... You know, we got into some interesting stuff as far as the Xbox Game Pass goes and uh, Zelda Ring. So, I mean, I'm happy with it. I'd rather get into what we've been talking about, and then if I need to cut it, I can cut it, right? So, that's my viewpoint. Next time, we should have a little more space to explore <clears throat> game addiction. So, we'll do that. That sound cool? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I'll go ahead and get into what I've been playing right now. So, um... So, you know, I've been doing God of War. Uh, I got the Chaos Blades, and uh, I have beaten, I think I just did the two, right? One, two. No, I've beaten three. So I've beaten three Valkyries now, fist only. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. Have you gotten through the? Uh, you were doing the Moose Baham challenge. No, I'm still you. there. I'm still at the hundred challenge. I had stopped and did some more story stuff. I got the Chaos Blades, and the kid's not sick anymore. And I came back to the hundred challenge, and I'm still struggling with it. I gotten down to twenty. I think is the best I've gotten so far. I was down to twenty enemies left. So I'm still having a rough go with it. I mean, I could probably continue more with the game and level up more, but I think I'm close to the end. Um. Because after you go to that, like, um, undead, uh, like, landscape, right, and you get the Chaos Blades to go down that area and you get whatever flame thing to bring back to help the boy get better again and you tell him that you're a god, isn't that close? Are you not close to the end game stuff? I think you're pretty close because after that, you go to Tyr's Temple, I yes. believe, is the next mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Yeah, you go to Tyr's Temple, and then um, after Tyr's Temple, you you find um, the portal to, to go to um, Jotunheim. Yes. Yeah, and I think after that is the final confrontation with, with Baldur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm... I'm not in Musafheim, and I'm I'm gonna try and just do those challenges and get that done. So that's what I'm kind of at. The problem is there's certain enemies that sometimes can one shot me, so a simple mistake will just kill me outright. Just one mistake. That's the problem I'm kind of running into. Um, 
but I mean, not all of them. Most I can survive attacks. It's just like the big guys with the swords. Certain attacks they have will kill me in one hit. So that's that's the thing that fucks me up sometimes. So I got down to the giant brute and the sword guy. They both come out at the same time. And I was like, fuck, and I got wrecked by that. But that one I don't think is too bad. If I can stun the brute, I can use the brute and kill the other guy. In fact, the three brutes, I fought the three brutes already, uh, and that was easy, actually. You just stun one of the brutes. Just keep dodging, stun a brute, and use that to kill the other brutes. So it's really not that bad. Um, but that's kind of why I'm at God of War. And uh, I started doing again uh, my Dark Souls Soul Level 1 run. And I finally finished all the DLC. I beat... Uh, what's his name? Manus. Manus. Yeah, right. Manus. You started this run with the DLC, which I kind of feel like is a little strange, especially since you beat Manus already. And mm-hmm. Manus is usually considered like one of the hardest bosses in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. usually that's what a lot of people say. That Manus is usually one of the, the the hardest bosses. So I feel like, I don't know if everything's going to be easier now, but maybe not because you're doing this soul level one with just the Cestus. Uh, so the only people I'm know. worried about right now is the four kings. The four kings and like Gwen, I'm not really worried about. I could parry him to death. I, I'm not that concerned with him. Um, let's see, Sif, the the dragon. Um, that his name. I'm worried about Calum. You're talking about Calamy. No, I already killed. I already killed Calamy. I'm talking about the other dragon, the one that's really smart. It's in the the book area. Oh, Seif. Seif. Say Seif. Seif. There we go. Uh, him, I think I'm, I'm just a little, I'm a little worried about him, but I don't remember having that much problems with him when I first fought him. So, I mean, of course it's so level one, it's going to be different, but I mean, uh, we'll see. The four Kings is giving me a little trouble, but just today I killed two of the four. So I got down to killing two of them and I died. So, but I'm making progress. I'm making progress. It's just a little matter of time. I think I'll be done with the four Kings much sooner than I was with Manus. So... That's what I'm saying. I think I think uh, since you've already done Manus, I think you might have already gotten through the worst of it. I don't think I think compared to Manus, I'll, the other bosses are not going to take as long. Yeah, I mean, uh, the four kings. The only problem with them is that sometimes they will come together, and I really just can't. I can't fight them with all three of them swiping at me at the same time. So like, you got to try and isolate them. And that could be harder to do because then they also like to do certain magic attacks. Like there's the one where they threw a sword swipe and there's like a beam that starts following you around and you just got to outrun it for a while. And I thought that this area, I thought that the area was just an infinite amount of dark space that you could run wherever. No, there's a wall. Yeah, Yeah, there's a wall. So I was not aware of that. And I was like running into a wall and I was like, why is this thing getting closer to me? And I got hit and I was like, oh, I'm in a wall. <laughs> I thought it was just <laughs> space. I just thought you could just run around because they kind of move fast and kind of almost teleport around a bit. So I just thought they were just moving around that way. I didn't realize I was in an arena of sorts. So um, once I figured that one out, it helped them. Um the biggest thing is to try and kill the first one as soon as possible. The problem is if you go fight the first one when it appears, 
and he decides to shoot the beam at you that follows you around, you basically got to waste time running away from it till it disappears because I don't have a shield to block it to absorb it the way I'm playing. That would actually help. You're, play, you're playing with uh, two cestes. Yes. Yeah. So you this is something you decided to see yourself. You're trying, deciding not to use a shield. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It's like this weird custom challenge that you make for you. Because you're not using items either. No. Yeah. You're not using items either. So Or rings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or rings. Yeah. So it's like this weird custom challenge that you've kind of made for yourself. Which is interesting. It's kind of so. It's a unique soul level one run. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do a soul level one run, saying I'm going to use specifically just the Cestus weapon with no items, no shields, no rings, or any of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can't find anybody that I can't find anybody that it's done like a legit fist uh, a fist battle with the four kings. Uh, there was one guy who did a bare fist run, and he's killed Manus and Artorius and stuff like that. And I've seen his gameplay. Now he uses a shield and rings and stuff, but he bare fist in it, and it's like two damage a pop. So his his videos of the boss fights are like two hours long. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you're this this challenge. Like I don't know how to quantify. Like it seems like it's you're limiting yourself. But I don't know if it's like harder mm. or. I don't, like know if I don't know if it's what? I don't know if it's harder. It's just different, I'd say. Like there's some aspects of it I could see where they're harder. But I mean, um yeah, I mean I got the same health that I started the game with, the same stamina that I started the game with. Not regening it any faster. The only thing I've done is let myself have the assess this so I don't have to have two-hour boss fights. I don't have time for that. I just don't have time to sit down and keep doing a fight that's going to take me two hours to do. I'm just not going to do that. Like, as much as I would like to challenge myself with a bare fist run, the time for that, I just don't have. With the assess at least I can get these battles done. Like, this, the Manus was like a 15-minute fight. I think that's the longest fight I've had. Clearing a boss is about like 15 minutes. It was right under 15 minutes. So, and that's still a considerable amount of time to be in a boss fight. You know? Because I'm only doing like 40 damage a clip. Yeah. But, you're, not doing a, you're not doing a lot of damage. Well, it's not to every boss, right? So that was to Manus. Um, to the four kings, I'm doing more like 80 a hit. Like I hit, a, I hit the four, one of the four kings three times. The damage is over 300. Yeah. Something like that. So, like, it's like 80 to over 100 a clip, uh, a punch, depending on how I punch him or whatever like that, right? So, it's 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 pretty substantial. It, it is a little better, you know, as far as that goes. So, I mean, you know, it does help. Um. So, yeah, I got to kill, I got to kill them now. Um, basically, I got to get the four main souls to the Lord Vessel. And that'll open up for um, that. But I will say, though, this Soul Level 1 run is the first time I ever did any of the Dark Souls 1 DLC. Yeah, that's what that's the that's the other crazy part, is that the first time you ever fought Manus, you're doing it with freaking Cestus and, like, no rings, Soul Level 1. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, that's just, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I only got hit twice, too. So, yep. 
I wish I would have done a perfect run, but I think I could if I kept trying. I'm pretty sure I could do a perfect run on Manus, but I'm I'm not worried about it. Yeah. How 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 was Artorius? I think I missed your Artorius boss. I got hit once against Artorius. Oh, okay. So you actually did pretty good against Artorius then, huh? It yeah. only took you one try. Oh no 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 no! I got hit once. The one I won. Oh, it took me a while to beat Artorius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. took me, it took me a little while to beat Artorius. No, no, no. I died quite a few times. I beat him while I was in Mississippi. I don't think I streamed it, but I did record it. It's up on uh, hard mode only. Yeah, you scroll okay. back, you'll see it. Okay. I might have to go take a look at it on oh, our, uh, our Facebook group, hard yeah. mode only. Come mm-hmm. check us out. Yeah, for sure. Or uh, Boss Battle Beatdowns. Check out that with uh, Wasteland. We're moderators on that, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can check that out too. I share basically to hard mode only, and then I share it from there to boss mm-hmm. battle beat down. So um the wolf was easy to fight. That was easy. That was just kind of a fun fight. Uh cuz I already beat the wolf because I had to if I'm going to do um the four kings, you need to get the ring from that. Uh what's the wolf's name again? Sif. Sif. So there's a Sif, a Sif and a Sif. Shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm getting confused. Okay, there is a Sif, but it's the wolf, wolf's Sif. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was fun. You know what's funny? You know what fucked me up about Sif? Is once you get Sif down to low health, Sif starts kind of like whimpering and like like moving slower. Because the, he starts limping, yeah. He limping? limping? Well, his attack pattern changes. So I started having problems at the end of the fight dodging his slower attacks because they were at a different pace than what the whole <laughs> fight has been. He killed me actually once, maybe twice, at the end game because I was like missing my dodges with how slow his attack was. It was interesting. But well, yeah, I, you just that's I what you deserve for, for killing Sif. She's a good girl. <laughs> you, I've never I have never killed Sif, technically, because every time I play, I always use this mod that uh changes Sif into a cat. I don't I don't want to kill Sif. So you want to kill kittens? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck cats, man. Uh, I don't like cats. <laughs> Especially those fucking cats. It's, yeah. the, it's that cat that's in the woods yeah. that fucking rolls at you. That's mm. what it changes it to. It's such a fucked up thing too, because it's like like you really you I'm gonna fight, you're gonna make me fight Sif, and then you're gonna make her like at the end of the fight start like limping towards me swinging the sword like it's so sad did you watch the cutscene now that you saved her yes because like she she stops and she looks at me and kind of gives me like this like i remember you type thing and i was like hell yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like, she's this... so sad because she knows what she has to do but she doesn't want to do it yeah because she kind of howls and stuff it's like yeah i'm like no yeah i'm not doing this <laughs> like no i can't sip's a good girl i can't yeah yeah i know i know i was tempted to call her into the manis fight just for the fun of it if i ever if i ever go through another playthrough of dark souls again i'm gonna do that i think the next playthrough i do of dark souls i think i'm gonna like um, call in NPCs just to see how they do, and like just have that kind of experience with the game, because I've never done. That. Oh yeah, you need look up some of the NPC quest lines. I think this is like going to be like your third playthrough when you play it again. I think I think you've earned the chance to kind of see some of the NPC quest lines and how to complete them. Mm-hmm. You can just look them up on the wiki because they're fun. They're fun. They're like it's interesting the lore and stuff you get to see. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend you do that now. Yeah, yeah, I think the next time, uh, whenever I do it. I, I definitely plan on actually, uh, once I finish God of War and Dark Souls run, I'm going to do Bloodborne. 
until Elden Ring comes out. That's my next move. Because I want to do the DLC of Bloodborne. I miss that. So I need to do that. Um, of course, until Elden Ring. Then Elden Ring is going to be taking up my time for the most part. Yeah. For sure. So, um, But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm fighting the Four Kings now. I think I'll be done with the Four Kings fairly soon. Like I said, I've already gotten it down to killing two of them. So once two's down... I had just screwed up and got, I think I got hit by, they, they he, one of the four kings, or all of them actually, they all have a similar movesets. They have an attack where they spin around, and when they spin around, you got to run. Because when they do the spin, they're coming at you with a grab, like a command grab attack basically. Uh, but the command grab attack is fast. Once they're done spinning, they shoot forward, and they come forward at you for a little while before they stop. And if they catch you, they catch you. And it it doesn't one-shot you, or at least doesn't one-shot me at soul level one. But it does, I'm down to like just a small sliver of health, you know. So that's the only bad thing. But it was, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I might even have it beat by the end of the day. I don't know. Because it's not that bad. It's really not. Like you said, the rest of these bosses, I think, are going to be as bad because, one, I think my damage output is going to be stronger against them. They're yeah, not going to have as much defense or as much health as what Manus did. So, yeah, Manus, yeah. Manus is, like, the toughest boss, I'm pretty sure. Because, like, between his defense and his health and his attack patterns, like, a lot of people have trouble with Manus. Mm, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not... I'm pretty sure it's not going to be so bad of a fight as we go forward on this. So, I'm... um. I look forward to it. Uh, looking forward to finishing up, wrapping it up. Dark Souls 1, Soul Level 1 run complete. So, um, yep. And um, some unique parameters I set that, like you said, I, I still don't think I've seen anybody do it close to what I've done it to. Like, everybody I've seen either uses, like, rings or different things to stamina boost and stuff like that. Or, or they have insanely strong weapons that, like, they're able to handle at Soul Level 1. And they're just chopping huge chunks of health at the boss, so they don't have to be in the fight as long. Um, yeah, because they're it's soul level one ones. The way usually most people do them, they do them more about like what's your knowledge of the game to be able to like, oh hey, how can I beat this game and you know without leveling up? Because you're like restricting yourself, right? So people do things like chaos Y-hander with like you know different rings and stuff to kind of help them be able to handle that. Or they might do stuff like like that, like like you said, like the way you're doing it with like Cestus and like no rings. Like you're, I feel like you're only like one step above doing a bare fist run. Basically, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just using the Cestus to help, and for me, it's just to help time control because I yeah. I only I bare fist. Now, one thing I did do is I bare fisted the first boss. And I kept yeah. it legit. Like, I never used a weapon the whole run. I've only used fist. For every boss, everything, like, I only use fist or put the Cestus on for, like, the, you know, for the weapons to help boost damage. Because I don't want to fight Manus to do two damage a pop and be there for three hours fighting Manus. Could I do it? I think so. Would it take me to the end of this year? Probably. <laughs> if I had to stop and do like spend a whole just whole year on one boss fight because like I would literally have to cut out two to three hours of time 
anytime I wanted to go fight Manus for real. And like, fuck, if I get killed by an accident or something two hours in, I got to restart all over again. Look, man, the guy who's doing that, I've watched the videos of him doing that in two-hour runs. Two, like, look, kudos to you, man. But I don't know what you're doing with your life to have that kind of time. Like, <laughs> for real. Like, that's so much time to cut out to fight a boss. Either you know the game so good that it's not taking you that long to do it. Because that's the other thing, too. I don't know this game that well. I've only played it one time before. This is the second yeah. time I've played it. Now, what it is doing is giving me hardcore knowledge of the game. Like, I feel way better at this Souls game now. Like, I know if I came through this with, like, heavier weapons, I would fly through Dark Souls. Fly through it. Because I know oh, these you bosses. Def- you definitely jumped in, like, the fucking deep end with this challenge. Unlike your second playthrough. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, uh, for your next playthrough, if you learn, like, all of the NPC stuff and, like, uh, basically, all you got left to learn now is how to do the NPC quests and where all the items are. And mm-hmm. you pretty much have like all the knowledge of souls that you need. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically. So, uh, but no, nah, it's been, it's been fun. Like I, I enjoy the little challenges like that, man. And like, it's been grueling, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do runs like that with the other souls games or not. Um, I don't think I will. It's just something I thought was just fun to do. Dark souls. The first one is kind of my favorite. So I kind of wanted to do it with that one. Um, I still think number one is probably my favorite one based on like level layout, uh, bosses and stuff like that. Like three is definitely, I think the, I think three is the better game as far as like the mechanics of it, the weapon availability and the bosses and stuff are more, you know, they are definitely interesting and stuff, but one is definitely the most metroidvania ish like most like connected like a lot of dark souls 3 you're still teleporting around places same thing with dark souls 2 right but one you really can just walk through the whole world in a way that you can't exactly do in three so i don't know i just really like one and 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 one is a simpler game and i think there's some beauty in that simplicity that i like as well so, mm. you still there, Mr. Kevin? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, yeah. uh, do you definitely, that's definitely a sentiment shared with a lot of other people. Usually when people say what their favorite Souls game is, it's usually uh, one or three. Mm. Yeah, it just depends on where you go along that divide. Like, Meme 3 is my favorite just because of... Uh, how good the fighting and like the mechanics and everything feel in that game. But I do agree that Dark Souls 1 kind of, I think it is a great game. Like, like it's, it's, it's like I got a better world, I'd have to say. It's like mm. a better world. Mm. I think Lord Ran is a better world than Mothwick. Mm. Mm. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, why don't you go again to whatever you've been playing and we gotta shut it down because I, I gotta get going soon. So what you what you got, man? All right. Uh well I've just been mostly playing one thing since the Elden Ring hype uh had tr- the Elden Ring trailer drop. I got hyped for Elden Ring and I'm like, you know what, I gotta do something with souls. So I decided to to uh start playing uh Dark Souls 3 mod called Convergence Mine. Uh 
which is a huge overhaul of the game. Um, it's got new spells, new weapons, new bosses. It's got uh, new progression paths and everything. So it's just basically this huge overhaul of the game. And so far, I've been playing through it, and it's been pretty interesting. It's been pretty damn fun. It kind of feels like a new Souls game, right? It feels like a brand new game. So that's basically what I've been playing. Um, I got like a couple of bosses uh, recorded. Um, I got I got to edit them. I kind of kind of edit them down and post them up to the mm-hmm. to the Facebook group. Okay. Um, yeah, but if you're if you're a PC, you play Souls on PC. Like you're you're into the, like the modding and stuff. Like definitely check out Convergence mod because um, it definitely adds a whole lot of new stuff when it comes to like PVE. If you're looking for something new to do with the PVE Souls, and, uh, other than that, uh, Friday. Uh, Pokemon comes out, the remix of uh, Diamond and Pearl. So that's probably going to be what I'm going to be getting deep, jumping off the deep end into uh, until Elden Ring comes out. It's probably Pokemon. That's why I wanted to get my uh, my catcher card back from. Yeah, and no, so I, I could. I'm yeah, gonna get I wanted to. I'm gonna start streaming that. So I'm just kind of waiting for that to drop Friday, and yeah, that's probably about it for me. So like I said, it's not really much for me to talk about right now. No, that's good. Besides that. Yeah, next time we record, you'll probably be getting heavier into Pokemon. Which uh, is Eric getting it? Yeah, Eric's getting it. Eric's getting it. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we're probably both to be jumping into it. Uh, I don't know. We might end up going to another VGC competition or not. I don't know. For it depends on what everybody else that on a normal little group that we do that is with uh, does because everybody's life has changed. Like freaking Eric's got his job and his girlfriend now. Uh, Blake's gotten married and stuff, and he's got his jobs thing. Like, it's different from when we were in, like, our early 20s and we were going to do that shit. Yeah, times have change, man. Times have change. That's the truth. Okay, man. Well, this has been... Uh, you got anything else before I close this? No, you can go ahead and close it out. I think close we, it down. You get to get to your appointment. Yeah. So this is Who's Next Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Again, um... I'm going to drop this today. If you happen to listen to it on Tuesday, uh, which is today, the 16th, tomorrow is live recording. Now, if you're listening to this later, the live recording may still be up. You can, oh, this other thing, you can watch it through Nerds the Podcast or Wasteland Stream. I will not be streaming unless, um, unless um, you want to stream, if you can, if you want to stream it on your PC uh, when we, um, do it i'm not gonna run it because i think running a stream off of my computer and trying to run um audition to record the audio might be too much for my computer i don't want to fuck it up so i think i could go ahead and stream it i could probably set up and stream it because we'll be doing it uh tomorrow yeah yeah Yeah, so you can if you want to do that and you can log in on i think you still have my login stuff i don't think it's changed so you can go in as me and uh stream off of the who's next of the sammy savage now i changed it so uh, if you want to do that, or you could just do it off of Kalo. I don't really care. You could do it off of that too. But and Nerds the Podcast, Wasteland, and um, Sammy Savage 88, I uh, would say, at least the live recording you should be able to catch around there. If, uh, if Kev, if you're going to do it through um, the Sammy Savage 88 one, that's fine. Um, if not, the audio-only version will be available on this podcast. Yeah. So I'll probably do it through my own channel. I think I'll probably do oh, it. That's it's Sir uh, Kalo. I, yeah. Yeah. So you can go through Sir Kalo at uh Twitch 
twitch.tv slash Sir Kalo, right? Yeah, twitch.tv slash Sir Kalo. That's K-A-Y-L-O and Sir. Yep. Just Sir Kalo. Yep. Um, or you could twitch.tv uh, nerds the podcast or same thing with Wasteland. I think it's not just Wasteland. I think he changed it. If uh, It might be Wasteland Batman. It might just be Wasteland. And Wasteland, the E is a three. The E is a three. So just so you know how to find them. Um, so shout out to those guys. Check them out. Holler at Blurred R Us. Check him out, what he's doing. Over there, my man Nana holding it down for the sports games. And um, you can also check out the Long Box guys for some comic talk. All right, we out of here. Peace.